Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Gay With God podcast, a safe place for us to share our stories and support one another. How long did we know? What challenges did we face? Did we lose our faith? When did we find our way back home? Or are we still searching? The stories you hear on this podcast will melt your heart and strengthen your belief that in God, all things are possible and you can be authentically gay with the God of your understanding. I'm your host, Midge Noble, and I am very honored that you are here. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Gay With God podcast. I'm Midge Noble, your host, and today I'm going to do what Father Joe refers to as a blessed little thought. (laughs) It's not a sermon. It's not a homily. It's not a big project. It's just something I was thinking about and something I wanted to go ahead and put out there to you guys this morning. Uh, It is morning here. It's been a beautiful morning in North Carolina where I am, a little cool breeze, not too nasty out yet but it's gonna get really hot uh and so I'll be in for the rest of the day (laughs) I did my thing walked the kids was out on the deck for a little bit with my cup of coffee and and now I'll probably be in for the rest of the day I do have a guest scheduled this evening and I wanted to go ahead and put this out today because that's going to run a little longer this evening and I didn't want to wait so long to put out Um, a podcast for you a a new episode so I'm going to do this blessed little thought and then next week you'll be introduced to a new guest which I can't wait to have her on the show so I'm going to leave everything right there because um, you know I want it to be a surprise but anyway um, today I'm going to talk a little bit about gay with God with or without your spouse so what does that mean well (laughs) for some of us um, you know, we run, we run together with our spouse. We, we like the same things. We do the same things and we're together a lot. Um, for my spouse and I, we are, yes, we're like that and we're not. So we, we are really, really different people. She's a deep thinker. She takes her time making decisions. She thinks things through. I am an Aries and I'm impulsive and I, get excited about things and I'm more demonstrative about things so in that way we really attack the world in totally different directions however as we come together there's this blending of both of those things because we respect each other and because we honor the person that each other is we give a lot of grace I give her grace when she's slower than I want to be, and I think she gives me a a lot of grace for um, the way I I show up in the world and how busy I seem to be all the time. Now, saying that, when you start to think about spirituality, it's really different how you may or may not show up in the world with your spouse. There are some couples that both love God and both love church and both go to church together and there are other couples that don't do church they don't do god they don't do any of that they may have a spiritual life but it's not the traditional way that a lot of us in the fundamentalist world grew up in my early church exposure 
there was a lot of expectation that you go to church every day, not only from my hellfire and brimstone grandfather, but from the church in general, that if you did not show up every Sunday, you weren't as good of a Christian as the people who did. Um, those who served in church as deacons and deaconesses, not the same kind of deacon as the Episcopal Church, I found out. But, you know, the people that kind of do the greeting and, and, and cook for people and show up in different ways. Um in the church as service. So if you held a position, then, you know, you were being very faithful and you were showing that you are working for God. And that was expected in a lot of ways. The doctrine that I grew up with was very literal, very all or nothing, um, very fear-based that hell was real. And that if you did not choose Jesus as your Savior, if you did not get baptized, if you did not go to church, if you didn't do a whole lot of things, then hell was the price you would pay. And then there were people who were excluded, as in homosexuals, didn't even have a chance to go to hell. If you were a homosexual and you were in a relationship, you're going to hell. Um, in my church, homosexuals were going to hell, and they didn't even talk about whether or not we were having sex with each other. It was just, if you identified as a homosexual, you were going to hell. So with that kind of background, I really was very charged to be <laughs> in the world of serving God and going to church and felt very guilty. It was a guilty based doctrine that if you didn't show up, then you were not good enough or something was wrong with you. So anytime I would skip church for any reason, I felt really guilty. And it, back then in my, my years growing up, there were not tournaments and soccer games and cheerleading competitions on the weekends. Nobody did that kind of thing. That Sunday really was still the day of rest in, in the world that I grew up in. And you were not supposed to work. Most of the stores were closed on a Sunday. You couldn't buy beer. And in my church, beer or any alcohol was seen as a sin. And any drunkenness was, of course, a double sin, I guess. So as you know, I had grown up in the church, going to church every Sunday, and if we missed one, Papa would call and see who died, because of course, if you didn't go, there should have been a very big calamity in your life. And I went on to uh, a Christian college where I got a BA in theology. It was more maybe doctrine than theology, as I'm learning now, because they are two different terms. But anyway, I got my BA still having no clue that I was gay and that my life was going to be changing drastically. So the year after I graduated from college and I spent that next year working four different jobs, I went back to graduate school to get my master's in counselor education and research. And that's where I, of course, met my beloved. Now, Talking about spirituality, she is probably one of the most spiritual people that I've ever met. She has a deep faith and a deep understanding of the God of her understanding, but that God is in nature more than in the church. And she had a very negative attitude toward church and didn't ever go to church, which just surprised me so much because I thought, oh, all people that believe in God go to church. And to find a person who did believe in God, but didn't go to church. And then as we got to know each other more, and it, now there's a gay person 
who believes in God, but doesn't go to church, but still believes in God and has a very deep faith, but without church. And that totally rocked my world. I can't tell you the struggle that came up in me trying to see her as a Christian and not ever going to church. Now, she used to go to church when she was younger. She was in the youth group. She grew up in church, loved being in the youth group, served as a leader in the youth group. And then as she did her own exploration and owned her sexuality, she became less and less involved in the church and then stopped going altogether. That's the fear and the judgment that we deal with, the fear of not being accepted for who we are in the confines of a church building. And the judgment, well, y'all know that, even as heterosexuals that go to church, there's judgment rampant. Who wore what? Did they have a hat on and didn't back in the day? Not maybe so much now. You know, are they serving? You know, are they pious? I mean, all of these things that, that we judge each other on, and it's ridiculous. But now I had a person in my life that I liked very, very much and was developing a very deep love for her and was in love with her probably the moment I saw her, but I couldn't own it at the time. But she was a person of faith, but didn't look like a person of faith that I ever knew was the right way to have a faith. And I put that in quotes, by the way. So the struggle was being true to the God that I was taught about Versus a new view of God being bigger and more accepting and more inclusive than a God that I had ever heard about. I had that deep fear of hell and I didn't want to break any rules. I wanted to to worship God the correct way. And the only way that I knew to worship God was in church. So when I would go to my uncle's church that was right across from the Uh, Appalachian State University campus, I was often asked to go hiking instead. And I was like, oh, no, you can't hike on a Sunday and not be in church. And they would pull up in the Jeep, my beloved and her brother, and say, hey, let's go hiking. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm going to church. And it was just the oddest thing, you know, because they, they accepted me, but they still had their own vibe going, you know, they, they didn't need to go to church to have a faith. Now, I'm not saying anything against church. You know I love my church, and you know that I'm so thrilled to be back to church. But when you're now falling in love with someone, even though I didn't know it, <laughs> you want to be with them all the time, and you want to spend time with them, and you want them to like you, and you know, you start getting into these things of, do I, do I express myself fully as me, or do I start emerging myself into what they believe and think? And so often, I would go to church, and there were a few times that, that my beloved went with me, but she didn't need it, and didn't really feel comfortable there, and liked hearing the sermon, because my uncle was a very engaged preacher, and he was really cool when he preached, um, not fire and brimstone. So she liked his sermons, but she really didn't feel the need to be in church, and she felt very uncomfortable and judged in church because she was totally knowing who she was at the time. So my fear of hell definitely affected how I worshiped and how I showed up in the world in my own Christianity. And 
because I could go to hell for pretty much just about anything growing up, <laughs> that's what I was taught, uh, hiking on Sunday was totally inappropriate. And there were very few times that I bailed in church to go hiking. And when I did, I, was, I felt guilty through the whole entire thing. So once I came out, and you know from my story that that searching part of me and trying to figure it all out was a very long struggle, which I will not go back into, but you can read it in my upcoming memoir, Gay With God, Reclaiming My Faith, Honoring My Story. Um, I got to say that just so you know, as, as often as possible, one, so I don't forget it all, <laughs> because I, I do have a memory issue, but also because I so love this book and what it has become, and I'm so excited to get it out there to you, that's my little commercial, that I can't wait to bring it to you, launching in October, so stay tuned to all for all the details, but anyway, so the struggle was long, reclaiming my faith with my spouse, not having the same idea of what faith means, is the struggle. So then I asked the question, do we continue to move forward in our faith without our spouse when they don't maybe even have a faith, when our faith understanding is way different than each other's? It really is hard to go and be invested in your church and your faith and your beliefs and have someone not believing the same thing you do. I liken that to being a Carolina fan and a Duke fan and then marrying each other. I've never, <laughs> I've never understood that. <laughs> How can you do that? That's a philosophically two different things. Um, and I think about that too as faith. Like if, you, if you're married to someone and you're Catholic and then you marry a fundamentalist Christian or if you're a Catholic and you marry someone who is spiritual and not religious we fall in love with the soul of someone not their faith and yet you know when you start to cross over and you marry someone of different faiths that's a big deal and you have to have a lot of maturity I think in your soul and a lot of maturity in your faith to be able to to navigate how that works for each of you and for us because we give each other so much grace, we can exist in the same place of faith, even though it's, it's looking different to the world. So, you know, on Sundays, I get up and I either do the Sunday school, if we have formation class that morning, and I go to church. And then on Wednesdays, I do the healing chapel. We've started the the Bible study on Tuesday mornings that I absolutely do love because we're unpacking these scriptures that look like they're just horrible and we're finding some good news in them. Even in the New Testament, by the way, we did one just this past Tuesday from the New Testament that was really a tough section of scripture and it sounded so horrible starting out with Jesus didn't come here to bring peace into the world um so you know our social justice Jesus was out there not knocking things over and 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 bringing bringing some strife to the world so that we could be challenged and knowing that we sometimes have to separate from our family of origin and their beliefs and definitely follow the belief that is right for us and so that's what I've been doing. And what has my beloved been doing? She's been doing her. She finds her faith in, the, in nature. She finds her faith in silence. And she does not feel the need to go to church. So church doesn't equal heaven. You're not going to go to heaven just because you're going to church every Sunday, whether you want to or not. You're not going to go to church just because you showed up. 
you're not going to go to heaven because you serve on committees at church or that you're reading or serving the Eucharist. You're not going to go to heaven because of what you're doing. However, I do believe that when you're fully embraced in your faith, that those things are the outcroppings of faith. Your desire and your love for Jesus will lend itself to starting to open yourself up to service. And that's not for everybody. Some people serve in different ways. So you don't have to be at the altar setting up the Eucharist and serving the Eucharist. You absolutely can be sitting in the audience and never serve in public. However, there are other ways that we serve. It could be calling people who are sick. It could be sending letters and cards. It could be praying for people that are on your list to pray for. You know, there are quiet ways and there are more out in public ways, but all ways are the ways that we show up and, and bring God into the world and do the walk that Jesus walked into the world. So even though church doesn't equal heaven, here's the rub. When, when I'm getting up and going to church, I miss jazz Sunday mornings. We used to play jazz and drink coffee and just chill all morning long. I miss that with my beloved. And I miss the fact that I'm doing something out of the house and I don't have her there to share it with me. I would love to be able to serve in church with my beloved. And I would love to also be home with her and chill with her and not have anything to do on Sunday morning. So that that's the rub that I am doing me. And it is without her when I'm there by myself. And there are times that there are things that I really would love for her to have been a part of. And I'm sure there are things that happen here that she wished that I had been a part of. Like, you know, taking out five dogs in the rain. <laughs> you know, those simple things. <laughs> so who is really left behind? Am I leaving her behind? Or, you know, does she leave me behind? You know, that's... Just something that we as a couple continue to look at and play with because it doesn't always feel good to walk out of the house and know that she may not be doing well. And there have been times that I have not gone to church because there was something going on that she needed my support and I absolutely stayed home for her because God is not in the church in that way. Yes, God shows up at church when we go to worship, but God is not expecting me to be there when my beloved needs me. That's the church. Where do I show up where I am needed the most? And sometimes it is at home. So especially during the times that uh, my mother-in-law was you know, really struggling with her dementia, and I was there supporting and loving her and my spouse, and we were supporting each other through this. There were times that I needed to be home. There were times that I showed up at church and I got a text and I left church and went home because there was a crisis brewing or there was a problem. So love is not just showing up in church. Love for God is showing up where people need me, and I do that Whenever I'm aware that there's a situation, I'm definitely going to be there for my spouse because I know that God understands that and God gives me that grace to know that I can go home and be with my spouse or stay home and be with my spouse if she needs me. So does love conquer all? I think it does. It may hurt sometimes to love someone 
in a different way. It may hurt sometimes to be loved by someone in a different way. But love is deeper than all of the the things that can get in the way. And love opens up the pathway to learn how to coexist when the faith of one spouse is very different than the other. Having said that, if my spouse did not give me grace and accept my journey and my path, then that would be a different story for me. My spouse has always been supportive of the path that I need to take. She doesn't always like the path I take. She sometimes gets rubbed with how quickly I may seem to be doing something and jumping all in. I know that frustrates her, but she gives me the grace to be me, and I give her the grace to be her, and there's a lot of respect in between all of that. I respect her for where she is at this moment, knowing that that may change or it may never change. But I, I respect her journey and she respects mine. And there have been times that I've put something on hold and I haven't gone for it right away because she wasn't ready for me to start that journey. And I respect that as well. But that doesn't mean that I don't f- go back and pick up that journey and go with it later. So if you're in a relationship, for whatever reason, whether it's faith or politics or whatever it is, there still has to be the deep love and, and connection and grace and respect between each other. And if you are not getting that in your relationship, that's when I would want you to really pay attention to what's happening And you definitely need to be able to open your heart and love you. And I hope and pray for you that you are given that back by the person that you love so much. So can we be gay with God, with or without a spouse? And that was not exactly the right title for what we talked about necessarily. But with or without your spouse involved, yes, you can. Because as long as you have respect and grace and love you can work that out and if you're not getting the grace and the respect and the love that you deserve that's a conversation that I hope that you can have with the person that you want to spend your life with and I think Father Joe would say that that was more than just a blessed little thought I want to thank you guys so much for showing up, for coming each week and supporting and sharing and subscribing to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to see more information about me and links to connect with me and stay connected to my memoir journey and all the other things that I'm involved with, go to empoweredmidge.podbean.com and you can see the show page for today's show and get all the information there. Check out our Facebook group, Gay With God, where we do a monthly group entitled My Faith Journey. That next My Faith Journey Zoom meetup is going to be July 10th at 630. You can join that Facebook group by answering all of the questions so that I can invite you to the inside of the group. And as always, if you need support with coming out or your faith journey, go to the show page at empoweredmidge.podbean.com. Scroll all the way down to the bottom and you can see how to connect with me as well as any of the shows that I've done by myself. I always have my contact information on the show page. The Ask Me Anything group that I'm doing monthly until my book is published will be on 
July 20th at 7 p.m. Now that has been rescheduled because I am going to the Wild Goose the week before that and I will not be available to do the Ask Me Anything that Thursday. So I've bumped it up a week. So July 20th, 7 p.m., Ask Me Anything. And you can join that. There is a waiting room, so give me a little email or a text and let me know that you want to be a part of that group so I can invite you in. If you're in Ashboro and the surrounding areas, we are beginning to start our LGBTQIA plus group in Ashboro back up. And we're looking to go hiking and doing some other fun activities together. So if you want to be a part of that group, please message me and let me know and I'll send you an invitation. All right, so if you're listening to this podcast and are questioning whether you can be gay and be in a relationship with the God of your understanding, if you identify as LGBTQIA+, are not even sure if you're gay, God has always been within you. Even when you didn't know it, you have always been gay with God. Thank you, everybody. Stay tuned to see how you can join the Gay With God community. And as always, you are loved. I want to invite you to become a part of the Gay With God community. How can you do that? Stay connected by messaging me your thoughts and comments in the comment section under the downloads of the show on the Gay With God show page. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen and share, share, share so we can increase our community outreach and be a light to those who are struggling to claim their faith. Consider being a sponsor so I can highlight your service in our community. We are all worthy of respect and a relationship with the God of our understanding. I want to thank you in advance for supporting this podcast. Together, we as a community will keep this show visible and our community stronger. Deep gratitude to my friend Tim McClendon of Tim McClendon Music for allowing me to use an excerpt from Interlude 4, a song found on his CD entitled Sundance.